0: Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, uh, my name is Corey King. I am the chief executive artist at ZenFry, uh, the, and the creator of Clandestine Anomaly, which is a location-based augmented reality game.
0: Yeah, um, you've been on this show a couple times before, um, and the reason I asked you back on, and thanks, thanks for agreeing to do this, is uh, no because of the Pokemon Go <coughs> phenomenon, which kind of validates what you've been working on. With augmented reality, and I wanted to discuss, I guess, um, kind of where you see augmented reality going, augmented reality versus virtual reality, and and what you take away from the Pokemon Go experience. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so I guess you released um, clandestine anomaly, and by the way, for the for the listeners out there, where can they find out more information about the game?
1: Well. Uh, sh- yeah. Sure. Uh, clandestine anomaly is available on Google and on. I uh, like the Apple Store, like the App Store. And uh but uh you can either go to my company website because it's a shorter URL, uh zenfry.com, z e n f r i.com or, you know, just google in clandestine anomaly and uh you'll probably hit the front page. Like you'll probably hit the 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 key website pretty
0: quick. Okay. So so you you you've heard of this Pokémon Go phenomenon or or is it new to you
1: or what what is are... I've never, it's completely, I'm up here in Canada, we've so never heard of it. No, I was, I was aware of it, uh, pretty much right away. Uh, and I was, I was watching that space, obviously, cause the company that made it, which is a sister yeah. company to Google, Nantic, Niantic, um, they made Ingress, right? Which is one yeah, of the, yeah. like, only games in the space that's had really any kind of traction. So you pay very close attention, uh, to what they're up to. I actually, knew that this was probably coming like you never know for sure but they did yeah. that april fools thing a few okay. years ago yeah where they on google maps placed pokemon and i was like uh-oh
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this but is it...
1: coming probably uh and they're testing the waters and seeing seeing what's what's happening and yeah. uh yeah as soon as i st- came it up too took i ran over, out, over two but... years to, to do it which oh yeah it took it i mean it who knows, like, what their costs are. I know that they, they as a, now that they're their own company, a subsidiary yeah. of Alphabet, they raised, you know, like, I think it was 25 or $35 million. It co- took a couple years. I'm sure they have some of the smartest engineers for this type of thing that you could find in the world. Yeah. And yeah, it still took them two years. But who knows? Like, I don't know that they, like, when they started. Who, they, they could have started oh, yeah. before they did the April Fool's joke. Yeah. Or they could have started, like, they go and say, hey, Nintendo, just let us try this and we'll prove to you people want it. And yeah. then... Or, you know, the Pokemon company, but whatever. Uh, and then they might have started at that point, and there could have been a contract negotiations. It's it's it, You never really know, and, yeah. and they're a very black box, but it, it did take them a bit of time. But even early on in developing Clandestine, we were talking, like, just as the team, we always considered Pokemon to be the holy grail of this genre. Oh, It's really? got an wow. inherent, it has an inherent collection mechanic, right? Yeah. Uh, um, it's a popular, one of the most successful series of all time. But what we really always thought was like the key to it was that the game already has built in um, different geographies, right? Like there's water Pokemon, there's mountain Pokemon. Yeah. And so you don't have to like bend the genre or the game to fit it as much as you would say like a Star Wars location-based augmented reality game, which at this point might or might not be coming, but it honestly will make no sense because it's a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. You know, where we're like, uh, you know, like what, Luke Skywalker is going to come to Earth for some reason? Like, it, it, I mean, I'm sure people might, would buy it and have fun with it, but canonically it makes no sense for Pokemon. They're sort of, even though it's not the same reality technically, there's sort of a natural tie in to having those things. Um, and then once they get the collection and trading going, I mean, it, I, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be a pretty full featured game at that point.
0: And, okay, so, so you kind of foresaw that this, this had
1: huge potential. And, and so. There's, yeah, go ahead. There, there's another thing I first I first saw too, just to just to nail it uh early on, is uh Niantic just announced that they're gonna start monetizing, like having people pay them to place things at their locations. Yeah, uh, like that's a huge ad model. Like it's a different business model, yeah. It is. And and um you know, our, our that was actually our strategy in the long term. We we sort of knew that you can't do it with no player base, which I yeah. guess they knew that too, because Ingress never went to this model. But you have to hit some some sort of mass amount of people to make it viable to go to a company and and say it's a real thing. And companies are very, uh, you know, uh, they're uncertain about things that aren't proven. So we sort of, we always hoped the game would come out, our game would come out, and you could prove that you could uh, make, you know, have traffic go in different locations. But as soon as I heard about Ingress, like before I knew anything about it, I was at a conference in Canada uh, called MIGS. I had shown clandestine publicly. That was probably my, you know, second or third time, but it was the biggest conference at that point. And when I was on my flight back from that conference, Google announced, uh, this Ingress project that was location based. And as soon as that they said that, I was like, Google is an advertising company. That's their bread and butter. Yeah. They're going to go after that model at some point or another. Um, and, 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 and we never got to get to that model. We never hit the scale to do it. And certainly they have more infrastructure. But it it does help you go and say like, well, I don't, I never trained myself to be a business guy. I'm not an economist. I'm, you know, I have a film degree and a philosophy minor. You know, but I sort of was like, well, well, we didn't get to capitalize on it. It sort of makes you feel a little bit like, you know, that what you you have maybe a little bit smarter sense of that than you than you gave yeah. yourself credit for. And and I and I I went back and I listened
0: to the interview we did last year about mm-hmm. about progress and. And I think what's interesting is, you know, I was mentioning that the casual type of AR and I feel like, like even, you know, your game and, and Ingress is, and, and the Ingress game, like it, it approached, it, it tried to attract the, the hardcore gamer, it seems. Yeah. And, and so, so my question is, is, you know, and you saw the poke, you saw the potential of Pokemon. Did you ever consider doing like an animal based
1: AR game or something
0: else like that? Um, well, that, yeah. That's I mean, casual. first I'll speak
1: to hardcore versus casual. Yeah. I mean, what we were getting as market data at the time, you know, and and, and 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 believe me, I don't. I'm not driven off of like these these like monetization schemes or yeah. or market data. But when you're going to try to do something new, you want to have as good of an information as possible. Um, but we were basically seeing it sort of as similar to how it seems VR is unfolding, where VR seems to be attacking the hard, the high end, hardcore end of the market first. And people are more willing to spend the money, more willing to try the new experiences. And we were using those kinds of trends to be like, you know, we actually made our game more difficult towards the end of production. Uh, yeah. not that it, we changed the whole systems or mechanics of the game. Our game would have never have been casual, but you know, yeah. um, to sort of ramp it more towards like less mid core, more towards the hardcore because we thought that they would be more likely to adopt the technology. But, um, but I mean, obviously Pokemon Go proved proved otherwise but it's you know and, it, and plus uh, also
0: to be fair since it's on a phone that is i mean there's more casual gamers on a phone than
1: hardcore gamers i mean there there's a lot of everyone because almost everyone has these smartphones but that's always how i looked at it. i mean you hear yeah. hardcore gamers like beguile and, and 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 say negative things towards mobile games and we knew that that was a thing but we also were like they do own phones like they yeah. own phones they probably secretly a lot of them play more games than they want to admit that aren't you know, that hardcore. Um, but regardless of all that, we were, we were hoping we could b- have brought a hardcore experience. Said, look, our phone is not a small mobile game. Our phone is a big game on a mobile phone yeah. because it's as big as your environment. And we were hoping that that would have drawn in. But I mean, ultimately, when you look at even marketing expenditures, like, you know, we, we were not able, obviously, in the year we had between launch and Pokemon Go, able to penetrate the market yeah. nearly enough.
0: And, and so, listening to that interview interview from last year, because cause the way I see it is like for the listeners who are listening to this, you know, who want to take a creative risk, and you took a big creative risk. You were doing this in
1: 2000, I think
0: 13. We also did an interview or something well, like
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I uh, <laughs> I have a timestamp somewhere where it was, but it took four years to make yeah. the game, and it was out a year ahead of Pokemon Go. It literally, we if you go back to like the you first announcement before Ingress. We had funding before Ingress yeah. was announced, right? Um, and, uh, through the Canada Media Fund. And, and, and we're obviously not as fast or well funded as, as Google. But yeah, I mean, we were, we were out there when there were still people doing it, but it was super yeah. not that. Huge. Yeah.
0: And, and I feel like one, one of the things I want to discuss is like, look, what are maybe different approaches or techniques you could have used that would have maybe allowed you to to either you know to to discover that ar game that would have worked even before pokemon go Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: or maybe it wasn't meant to even potentially work until something like pokemon came in because the one thing that people don't don't maybe recognize is that this is the first pokemon game that was free at least free to play yeah well yeah they
1: they have that uh like match three pokemon game. oh okay and okay then, then i didn't i guess it didn't become as big and
0: i didn't hear about it or well, it was it? bad, too. Was, okay. <laughs> so... Yeah. It was like a Game Boy port. Okay. And because the one thing I... The couple things that I noticed, and I know I discussed this last time, was just having... Because you were doing something so experimental, having an iterative approach. And I know that was something that you said wasn't potentially possible given the funding model that you had. But but doing small prototypes so you could get a sense of what's even working on the platform, you know, on these app stores. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you ha- so you build your intuition and instinct. And I feel like that maybe that approach, at least then you could have done those quick, kind of the, the more casual things like the pet thing or something else. And just seeing if that would have even made a difference. The the other thing that I recognize, because I think you said that it wasn't multiplayer yet. And, yeah. and so maybe that was the core thing. That without multiplayer, the AR experience
1: itself wasn't strong enough. It's, it's it, that yeah. yeah, it's quite, it's quite possible. Our very first, so before we got funded, yeah. uh, which is already well in advance of, you know, like we talked, that was years and years ago. Yeah. We, we, we made an attempt to get funded prior to that for a similar game, but the focus was multiplayer. And basically the feedback from the funder, I mean, there, there, there's a, there's a, a small enough cap, like relative to a, a big, you know, San Francisco company of like a million. Box, basically, yeah. uh, and they said that the scope on the game was too big, and I could have probably decided to have cut something else other than the multiplayer. Um, but I, I that's where I decided to take the scope out of the game and say, well, you know, let's prove the core mechanics and then build out if it's successful was well, sort of what the what the strategy was going to be. But I also think of it this way: there was another game that was predated Ingress called Shadow Cities that was strictly multiplayer and. What happens when you have a strictly multiplayer game, though, is there's more overhead to keep it going, and if you don't have a player base, it dies. Like I, I sort of think that if we did multiplayer and the game still didn't hit, we probably wouldn't be here to be able to still be around when Pokemon Go came out. Yeah. Because because I mean, if it did hit, then whatever, it, you know, we can we can hypothesize that that might have made a difference, and maybe it maybe it would have. But if it didn't make the difference, and we did that, we would have had to probably pull the game at this point, and then. And then yeah. have no kickbacks at all from Pokemon Go. And and I think that's where um, – and I kind
0: of mentioned this, I think, with some other people recently, which is prototype thinking. Where yeah. if you would have done a ton of small prototypes and just said, look, this is part of the learning process. I know, can try to convince your investors or something else. Because And this is important because, look, as we get onto these new platforms like VR, AR, whatever the heck is going to be next – The concept of doing these small prototypes just to get a feel of like, Hey, what if you, if you would have put a pet AR game just on the app store, just to see if people would even buy it, if they would even consider it. And then you're like, wow, I do a tower defense game and I do a pet AR game. And if the pet AR game, even if it's single player, yeah, it sells better. You get, (laughs) at least you have a better sense of, wow, you know, people are open to this. Secondly, what was also interesting is that it seems like with Pokemon, it's just really lightweight game mechanics. Along, along, just kind of location-based activity.
1: Yeah, right? like yeah. It, it
0: isn't like it's hard. It isn't like it's hardcore AR where it has to look like it, like it's embedded in the scene and you have the right, you know, the I right they, angles and the right dimensions. Which I saw a lot of these AR games. They needed to. They were always concerned that it looked exactly like it was in the scene versus yeah. just like it was just. Look, people just wanted a lightweight. At least what I've seen here, because I see people walking around like zombies here. And they're just holding up their phone. They just want a lightweight reason to kind of chill with other people. It seems well, I, like uh, maybe I'm simplifying it, obviously. No, no. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I, a couple things. First, I want to go back to the iterative process. Like, I yeah. do totally agree. Uh, as as ahead of the time and, and um, ambitious or whatever Clandestine Anomaly was, it was my first game. Yeah. And I can't say that I didn't, like, have to retool even how the teams functioned who worked on the project, like, numerous times. Like, yeah. we almost – like, like – you know, and towards, like, I, I eventually had learned, like, iteration was good, but we didn't, we, we had other fundamental problems with just how, you know, the team dynamic was. We went more indie in terms of, like, we were always indie, but in terms of attitude and culture and everything uh, towards the end, and that worked much better. And that team, the actual clandestine that you play was mostly, like, from code, from scratch, redone over the course of eight months. Yeah. Uh, and, and that team could have done the iterative process, but by the time they... You know, we retooled it and got them on. There wasn't, there was no more runway. It was like you have to ship. Um, uh, but, uh, and, but initially I didn't, I, you know, I didn't think in an iterative fashion either. You know, like my, my film training had to adapt oh, yeah. into game training as That's I so went. That's true. And, and, and I definitely learned that as to the, um, the, the, you know, phenomena of Pokemon Go, you know, a lot of people are probably going to do a ton of research and, and a ton of theories about why this was or wasn't successful. Obviously, the Pokemon <laughs> element is huge. Yeah. But I, there's a couple things that I, I do that puzzle me actually when, when, when sort of trying to analyze this. And believe me, I think, uh, obviously, I, you know, I think a lot about, about this game. Uh, and, uh, part of it is, you know, they, they came out with these very flashy ads that had like Charizard smashing out of the sand and stuff. And 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 I I sort of never really liked that because it I I sort of was like there there's no way it's gonna do that like you know I mean maybe and it didn't do that but I was like you know and they actually did that during the April Fools' joke where they showed like the Pokemon coming out of the ground and they used a similar marketing technique and that's why I ran out because I'm like if it's anywhere near that we're cooked and then you went and it was like there was no AR at all and you're like okay yeah. well we're pretty safe but then in this one in this one it's even still like nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's so that element, but but the other thing is they promised features that they didn't ship, and their servers crashed a lot. And I and I go, if that had happened to any other kind of indie title or or or, or yeah. even triple A games like Think SimCity and stuff like that, like people crucify games that 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 under deliver on their promise and ship glitchy and broken, and for whatever <laughs> reason. And and this isn't and this isn't isn't shooting down the game really I mean the server stuff like I'm sure their projections did not anticipate this kind of growth right like there's no way and that people would be like like trespassing and breaking laws and just and and, like downloading it kind of nefariously (laughs) like I don't think they thought any of that was probably going to happen and and they probably looked at Ingress data and thought that you know they hoped it would be more successful than Ingress but they're like this is the how people have behaved in Ingress we can anticipate similar things. Uh, and it totally went crazy. But all that said, it's like if you didn't have the Pokemon brand and you launched yeah. a very simplistic AR game that was glitchy, that had server problems, and all those things, would you have survived launch? I don't know. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know. And 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 it is a phenomenon. I sort of see it very similar to motion controls. Like uh, motion controls now are re- returning due to virtual reality. But when the Wii first came out. It, it it was the same. it was demographic altering you know moms oh, yeah. and and older people were playing it and <laughs> and it just hit everybody similarly Dude. to pokemon go and then they got tired and they moved on um yeah. uh but first people made a ton of money but i yeah. mean and then other people tried to follow like microsoft and yeah. and uh and playstation and it sort of didn't really go and and there's some concern that this this will be now, honestly, be the case but
0: yeah no I feel it's good because what happens when winter happens like,
1: <laughs> I mean well that's the thing like I sort it's of...
0: beautiful now it's really warm and, and I see these people out at like 10 or 11 p.m. and I'm like okay yeah that's that is it's an awesome way to spend the summer but
1: it'll be yeah it'll be one of those like wow 2016 that was crazy yeah but I mean are people legitimately going to forever change their lifestyles and their exercise regimens, or people who usually don't exercise suddenly going to permanently do, do this all the time. I see it. It certainly there will be a, a core group of people who are going to, yeah. but it I, it just cannot, it, I, I don't think it is, is like possible like for it to maintain this trajectory because it's the phenomenon. It's like when star Wars first launched, people still love star Wars, yeah. but it's like, it's it's never been quite that nineteen seventy seven yeah you know people around the block people going freaking crazy for it um they might add it, new content that that makes it keeps it
0: interesting
1: it'll it'll help I mean, I bet you the features that they didn't ship it was not necessarily intentionally not shipped, but I mean yeah. they're smart enough to know that it's better to you know if 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 the game is at this state can attract a big audience, you don't need to come out all guns blazing you can you know, slowly piecemeal it out. And if your timing is good on when you release the new content, then you, you are going to maintain more of an audience. But are they all going to stick around? I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, like Winnipeg, gets very cold. It gets to minus 40 where I live, right? Minus yeah. and minus 40 is where Fahrenheit and Celsius merge. So there, there's no confusion to how cold <laughs> that is. Um, and that's partly why, like in my game, we made, going outside optional like you can play the whole tower defense (laughs) you you can play the whole tower defense part of the game well and we were getting a lot of resistance like people say no one's gonna no one's gonna walk outside no one's gonna do that and and so i took the approach of well let's not impose it let's incentivize it i don't want someone to wake up early in the morning just lying in bed with their beautiful wife and the game's like walk 60 miles and (laughs) and 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 then and then you you abandon your
0: wife And you told me this last time exactly. And dude, and, and this is why I think it's awesome to discuss this with you because you were at the forefront of this and you're like, well, maybe this won't work. And then that won't work. And now we see with Pokemon Go, what kind of worked and what didn't work. And, and I totally was like, yeah, you know, it makes sense that you don't have, it's optional to actually travel. And it seems like with Pokemon Go, everyone is traveling to a crazy amount. Like it's a crazy distance. And, and I don't know. But would
1: they would they travel that far to play your game? I mean, again, we were looking yeah. at it as yeah, and, the...
0: and that's why, like, if you were to actually... Let's just say you went with a casual AR game. It would have to be an animal theme. Like, maybe you've run a zoo or
1: some farm Well, I did or actually have else. one, by the way. You yeah. asked that earlier. I didn't answer that part of the question. Yeah. <laughs> I have this concept called Wind Sculptors, which is about, like, lightning dragons fighting these cloud people. And you help them... It's almost like a, um, like a, a Civ Builder, but super simplified for kids where you help them like build and grow their cloud cities using GPS augmented reality but it was one of those ideas that I wanted to pursue and we were looking at it but you're just sort of like well you know I don't know if there is a market and certainly the other thing the bigger thing is more like can I find anybody who's going to give me money for this since I still yeah. myself have not proved that this genre is going to be massively successful? And now I sort of wonder, when we get into talking about what I'm up to now or what I, what I think the future is going to be, yeah. I, I'm sort of like, do, do I pivot back to all these designs and concepts I had created yeah. assuming this genre will be successful or do I stay the course? And it really depends on how how strongly we think this is going to be a flash in the pan. Now, I don't think air gaming is ever going to be forever a flash in the pan, but yeah. is this like... You know, the first motion controls has got to come back. Or is this like, you know, the first, um, uh, you know, 3D movies where, you know, it, it was yeah. interesting for a little bit and, but it needed retooled. I, I do strongly believe AR gaming is going to be a genre, but I'm sort of, these phones can only be pushed so far. Like VR, I think yeah. it really will need a dedicated device at some point to really be awesome. And, and we'll see. Sorry. I just want to interject on that because I didn't answer that last no, time. No, no, no. I think, I think
0: what's interesting is that, Given, given those other ideas, I think the best approach, you know, given what we discussed and, you know, I'm just a show host, but but it seems like the iterative approach would actually work where you're like, okay, if you have these other ideas, like, okay, what is the most simplest AR thing you could do just to put on the app store to see if people would work? And even what you discussed, I feel like that's even too complicated. You'd literally, yeah, you literally, you, you know, start with something so simple, like like you're just going to find dragons in the city. That's so simple. Everyone can relate to it. It's super simple. It's super, super casual, super, you know, people can, that's a theme that a lot of people can relate to, whether it's dragons or animals or, um, or farming or, or you're even like some restaurant thing. Like, you know, like you've seen some of these other casual games where it's like restaurant or or farming or zoo or something else. And just see if people would even relate to that. If, if people would even respond to that.
1: It's true. I mean, I mean, you sort of hit on a part about me creatively that I do always find frustrating. Like I can write sort of like every week, my, my wife and I, who through our company, like it's our shared company, we actually release like a tweet sized poem with an image. So like the image has to be attachable every week. And that's, that's me trying to like be super simple with ideas, but I'm actually really bad at coming out with simple things. Like, you know, one of the, one of the games I'm working on right now, I can't, it's tied into a, a Canadian film, so it's not necessarily going to be a big blockbuster that will excite people, but, um, and I, I can't necessarily talk about fundamentals, but it's yeah. like, it's, it's a fairly simple idea. It's of the lifeline variety, but, uh, more, but it's more complicated than that. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to simplify it down, but, but I'm, I've never been very good at that. I mean, the clandestine I released was like way scope focused compared to the clandestine I wanted to make. Yeah. You know, I wanted to have, you know, rotating content based on the season so it's like you know like it was just it was like probably would cost 50 million dollars and i had you know not that much money but i feel like if i was to do dragons now people would say i was the copier i mean people already tell me i was i was showing this demo (laughs) at a comic-con for my game not a demo it's like my game had been out for six months i was at a comic-con last october and and someone came up to they could play the whole game in their hand, and they're like, oh, this is like Pokemon Go. And I was like, well, uh, so like there is differences, right? Obviously, yeah. you understand like our game has – other than yeah. the GPS and AR, the mechanically is very different. But you, you're sort of like, how am I supposed to respond to this? Because Pokemon and I'm out yet, and yeah. then I'm already you know, like and, a copier. <laughs> and you know
0: that's the other question is if you come up with another AR game now, people will just be like, dude, I can just get this from Pokemon like how is this any better how is this any different and and so maybe that's the issue with the ar game is that now even if anyone tries to release an ar game it's just going to be compared to pokemon
1: go was well, it going to be like the bullet time in the matrix right everyone loved yeah. bullet time but anyone else tried to do bullet time and it, it was like cheap and a ripoff it's uh yeah it's just the matrix you know yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean and you don't even the, respect it's, the it's game you don't even
0: respect the movie as much once once i
1: saw it in other movies i'm like come on they they didn't try <laughs> you know well like, and there are going to be a bunch of copycats so i guess we will find we will yeah. find out um well, if
0: you know what would be nice is that if 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 there is an opening for other smaller developers to potentially even explore the genre but everyone's in the pokemon go right now and like you said you know if you use a theme that's even close to pokemon they'd be like well
1: this is just like pokemon and but uh, i've gotten in trouble the other way too because i mean locally i have got new press again yeah. For it being like Pokemon Go, but I mean, on on a subreddit, people were like, "What does this have to do with Pokemon?" There's no Pokemon in his game. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, like I can't win. You know, yeah. like it can't. No, win. I just, not that I've done badly. I've done fine with the game. Like my yeah. life is in a much better place it was than before. I did. I would never change anything. But you sort of like, yeah. well, I could never get the Pokemon IP. I came out with the game first, but now yeah. I because it doesn't have Pokemon.
0: Well, what what blows my mind is that why is it that. Indie develop like some of the indie developers. They always want to do these hardcore themes, where the expectations for a lot of these hardcore developer or hardcore gamers is just so high that if you would have done the experimentation and learning on on the casual front, maybe you would have gradually yeah. attracted the the hardcore gamers over time. Which which is which seemed to have happened now with Pokemon, where now you see these hardcore gamers getting into it because because it was. Cause, cause, cause they heard all the, all the casual gamers doing, it. they heard about it from, you know, their casual gamers. Well, it gaming.
1: almost became a phenomenon. Like there was a, I forget which, if it was like Ars Technica or The Verger, there was some, some, some peer article basically gave it a low rating, Pokemon Go, but, but, but they said, but I want to be part of the phenomenon. Yeah, so I'm playing. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. And at some point it becomes this train that you can't do. And, and and people do say oh well it's the brand there's a lot there is quite yeah. of demand for nintendo on mobile there is like a heavily funded experienced team who made it uh yeah. through you know and it's like a google sister company and nintendo with a with a classic brand so i mean it the package is very good but i don't necessarily think it's like predestined there's been plenty of like yeah. smart sophisticated games that put in an ip and they yeah people and, hated it and they used a lot of their lessons from Ingress to, to move forward. And, and I guess that, it, it's built yeah. on Ingress's data, basically yeah. like the user data that was built up.
0: But even Ingress, but... what gets me is that they always had this crazy story that made it just so difficult to understand. And it's like, well, they I they, they learned that just, lesson.
1: Yeah. Cause I, they took out the story completely in Pokemon go. Yeah,
0: dude, I I don't, you know, and that's what, you know, and that's the opening for some indie developers who actually do prefer casual games. For some reason, game, game developers, at least that I've talked to, they, for, they really hate casual games or something
1: because... Well, I think it's the same <laughs> as with film, right? Like, there's people who will go off and make Jerry Bruckheimer-style films, yeah. but you sort of, like, you know, uh, someone could tell me,
0: yeah, like,
1: okay, like yeah. go make a Jerry Bruckheimer film, uh, and here's a bunch of money, or they yeah. could say, like... It's like... You know, you, you want to have both. You Like, you want to make this great piece of entertainment that is original, that is challenging, that's, uh, yeah. you know, not not... Candy, and then you also want everyone to love it. You sort of can't win. <laughs> the, the guy who wrote Being John Malkovich, uh, and he's done a whole bunch of films, but he's been struggling, struggling lately. Um, uh, Charlie Kaufman is his name. Yeah, yeah. He. I read an interesting interview with him because t- t- you know he's won Oscars. He sort of was really well revered when he when he did Being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind. I know this is a game podcast, but so I'm yeah, going no, to wrap it into the point as quickly as possible. But he essentially. Decided with his success, he was going to go and make his own films. Yeah, where he directed it. He was only a writer for it, and he directed it. The first one made only three million dollars. The second one lost money, right? And so, and so he feels like an abject failure. But but people say, well, would you do a more commercial script? And he's like, no, you know. And and and, and, yeah. and sure, sort of look at that, and you'd be like, well, he knows the the cause really, like intellectually, I think he understands. But he didn't get into it to do that. He wants to win on his own terms. And, and I sort of accept that as potentially my fate as well. You know, I'm not, I, I if there's an interesting hook or something new, you know, uh, about a casual style that, that then I'm, I'm happy for it. But I sort of got into the business. The reason I still publish poetry, the reason I make films and I'm writing yeah. a book, it's like, I do it to do what I love. And, and, you know, there is a potential here that this could have been something, something bigger. And I probably could have simplified it. Um, I feel maybe, maybe
0: maybe there's two, two, two steps to the process. One is you do develop something you love, but then the second part is you figure out a way to communicate it with the, with, you know, the the people that you want it to. That's right. And and I think they're completely separate things because sometimes you, you definitely have to get or, or at least focus on something that you can believe in because you're going to get pushback. You're going to get what you've experienced as you're doing AR stuff. And, and then but then you have to, I feel like, get the feedback and, and figure out how to communicate it with the community, which can be these crazy ads that didn't make sense that you thought would be ridiculous. And and I guess they attracted at least people, at least for Pokemon, those ads, attracted people to actually potentially check it out that, you know, made it grow and whatever. And and so I don't know. I mean I think I think at least for at least from what I can tell, there are two different phases. I think the other thing is that when you talk about that film direct or film writer, did he write his own script completely alone, or or did he actually have a small team do it? Because maybe there is something to you need to actually do it with a couple other people or one of them, because there there is that collaboration process that lends sure. itself to luck. And and what I bring up is the guy who did um, Batman Begins, you know, Dark Knight. Um, I don't know why Christopher he Nolan. Yeah,
1: exactly. And he wrote it with his brother. Yeah, yeah
0: and, and so a lot of his scripts, yeah, he might have the genesis of the idea, but he writes it with other people. And sure, and I mean those... you can look at
1: the prequels of Star Wars too versus the ones where he Yeah George Lucas did get pushback from people or you know, George Lucas hated Empire Strikes Back, but it's the most well revered. Yeah, and, and he uh, hired someone, that I think, help him on that
0: one. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. he didn't
1: direct Jedi or um Or Empire, and he didn't write really Empire either. Like, he gave a story treatment for the most part. And And, then.
0: And so maybe there, even, even this, the initial process, it's just like when you're starting a family or even creating a baby, you need, at least without technology, you need two people. And. Yeah. and, And maybe there's something to that, even with ideas as you work on them with, with game design. And so you can't do it completely on your own terms or, or do you, do you have any pushback on that approach? I'm just trying to codify an approach that actually can work for small game developers because it doesn't seem like going completely alone works. And even yeah. Minecraft, they got, he got iterative feedback on a forum as he was developing it. So there was this mix
1: of other people helping him. Well, know. I know with, um, with, uh, like, the writer Charlie Kaufman, I know, um, like, he does mostly write it, but his films that were more successful financially had a director and other people who could interpret and, and and Larry's, the ones that were, were financially a failure were critically, like, considered masterpieces, so it's a very, that's a very tough thing to crack, but I mean, it's sort of weird, you know, like, I sort of, I don't really, I've never really been great at, like, having an audience along for the entire journey. I'm not even that good um, at, like, you know, my studio. There's, like, there's this area of my city where there's a lot of tech startups and all the game studios and all the film studios are, and I'm always, like, decidedly, like, you know, 15 minutes away from that, you know, Uh, to to, to kind of have my space. But I I have become more, like, that's one thing that was a hard lesson that I, when my team who did the shipped version of Clandestine came in, it was, it, you know, it wasn't just that there was problems with, with all kinds of things. There's also like my whole style had to change, and I'm still trying to improve this, style, yeah. which is a more iterative style. I don't know if I'd throw it out to the public, but you know, I sort of made this one. You know, it was written in hundreds of pages of documents with it before I even had a, a designer or like a real designer or um or an artist or anything. You know, and that's where I started with it, and so it became yeah like the expectation is I'm going to make this game, but now I sort of there's a couple things I look I look at differently because if you have the right team in place, it's if people want to be bought in, they're gonna do a better job as bought in and, and, and they're gonna be easier to question you, which I love. One of the projects I'm working on now, this, you know, this very junior guy sort of like made a comment about a decision I made and I told him, Thank you so much. Like never, you know, always be willing to tell me if you think it's stupid. You know, like that's, that's, I think that's super important. I always did, but sometimes it's about how you create the environment. You can say, guys, I'm, um, I, I, want your criticism, but then create an environment that you, what you say isn't what it feels is possible. So you have to be very, very cogent to create an environment where people are actually rewarded, um, for their feedback and criticism. Um, but also the other problem is like clandestine took four years, which I guess isn't terribly bad considering the ambition and that I hadn't made any video games, but, you know, I still always look at my life as like, you maybe got 70 years and, yeah. and I don't want everything to take four years. And just that alone is, is a good incentive. Not only will you come up with a better product that's probably more well rounded, like you're saying, um, that the team is more bought in and enjoys it more. Uh, therefore they, they have more fun and they're probably like working with you again. Like my, my new model is not just come up with these great ideas and try to change things. It's also, do that while being somebody that people want to work with and creates a yeah. very great experience. Um, and I'm I'm not naturally inherently great at that, but I'm trying, you know, I, I do know I've improved and I'm always working to continue to improve. But the, well, the final piece is like, you know, like clandestine wasn't even my biggest, craziest thing I wanted to do. Like, that's just a stepping stone. And it's like, you're never going to get there if it takes you four years. Yeah. And, 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 and so, so, you know, having, sad. having people you can, you can, be the vision guy and hand it off is probably where I'm more moving. Yeah. Anyway, but.
0: And I feel like even dude, I mean, and then like you said, if you release garbage though to the public, because you want to iterate, they're going to, they're not going to consider your final,
1: (laughs) final item. Well, some people can do it. I mean, like Minecraft was completely iterative. Yeah. Like I feel like, I feel like it's like I would be, I don't understand. Like he sort of natively seemed to fit in that culture. He was like a yeah. part of it. I'm not, and that could be wrong. I I don't actually know him obviously. Um, but you know, uh, I sort of feel like if I do it, it's almost like you're trying to sell snake oil. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I know I don't belong there and I'm trying very hard. It's or like, there's a girl who clearly is like out of your league or, or would never like you, but you do all the things you think you're supposed to do to yeah. attract her, you know, but it's going to be a failure because you're not being sincere. And, and like, I don't understand, you know, like I, I never feel like I sort of fit in. I'm always very scared to – I'm willing to talk in interviews like this when I can speak and use my voice and things like that. But I have a very hard time uh, talk, like leaving comments online unless you – know, like just in an open forum and stuff because I'm sort of just like, you know, they're going to know I don't belong here or whatever. Um, yeah.
0: Well, look, I mean I think it's, it is amazing that, that you – did this AR game? It was it was way ahead of its time, and and so since that time, and we're gonna segue and and just I want to no, see fine. like like what you consider in terms of where AR is going. But I guess since that time, have you been working on uh, other AR games since the release of Clandestine Anomaly? Um, or or have you been exploring
1: other genres or or mediums? Or sure, platforms? I'm trying to remember the timeline. So there was three pieces of advice that I didn't take while developing Clandestine. That Pokemon Go says would have been a smarter thing to do that people told me. One was tie an AR game to a known brand because we were essentially going out with, um, with the concept of, uh, we're an unknown developer yeah. with a new genre of games. Not like we invented it completely, but, um, certainly like one of the early guys in and this, th- there's this IP called clandestine anomaly. So someone said, you know, one thing you got to do is hook it in almost every very smart businessy person said you got to make it free to play which we didn't do and i still get shit for that you know um like even when you're trying to connect it to pokemon go but i'm like i don't know i'm just not so cool with psychological warfare against my players but um but i mean it seems now at this point that players have shifted and they don't some still hate it but like halo 5 had microtransactions on it you know like Uh, yeah um, Yeah, uh, so i mean it's like it might be a losing battle and then the what was the third one? Oh, like I heard multiplayer a million times and I wanted, I always wished it was multiplayer, but you know, all all those three things I was heard. But in that I did try to, you know, there was a time, I don't think Clandestine was shipped yet, but while Clandestine was well on its way that we did, we were working with some big brands, Um, you know, a big toy brand, a big gaming brand uh, to do augmented reality, these things. And, and, and those ideas are still there and, and, and I can maybe dust them up. And then I was developing that, uh, that wind sculptors idea. Um, and, but what the thing that really kicked those out wasn't necessarily being so afraid of the market. Um, because, you know, you're hoping that those would refine your strategy, right? Like it's like, yeah. okay, well, um, it was actually that Apple bought a company called Mateo and Mateo was the SDK oh, yeah. we were using to power our augmented reality and so even to this day a lot of the things we built and that was another hard lesson right like like never be too attached to a, to a single company um and VR sort of doesn't quite there's more compet competition in that space now and maybe that will happen to ar now that pokemon goes out more people will build tools and, and things that work really good but at the time you know you sort of tied yourself to this this company and they were super nice to me you know like you know uh, we had certain like deals that never got fulfilled because they got purchased. But like those guys were great. I could call up like the the CTO even when they were up to like, you know, 200, 300 people. Um, uh, they were super nice to me, but they suddenly got bought and pulled the developer tools. And essentially like at some point there's a shelf life on my game that I can't control, which is eventually, probably, maybe never, but potentially an update could be pushed to iOS or Android that breaks something in the SDK and yeah. I can't get at the source code. So it's, it's just, your game is dead. Um, and, and, that had a chilling effect on our ability, both because it's like, well, the, to re-engineer everything either ourselves or, you know, or to like what, one of the few competing products with that company, um, w- w- was beyond the scope of what those projects could do. Cause they were not budgeted to be able to handle like an entire redevelopment of all these techniques. Um, so that was part of it. And then also just over time, as you tried to sell the game, you sort of were like, maybe it's not time yet. Maybe it won't work on the phone. You start really questioning yourself when, when, you know, like I said, I, yeah. you know, it played out okay for me, but it still wasn't like, you know, we had our projections that we made with some very smart people at our local university. Um, you know, like more businessy people and our projections were so far off. And, and, and you're like, you know, people would say like, no one wants to look through their phone in public, that's stupid. And now everyone does it. But um, <laughs> um and, 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 yeah. and so you start being like, you know, I still believe in this medium. I still do. And I always will. But it's sort of like I was sort of starting to back, you know, especially the second half of this year, putting all that stuff aside saying, you know, there will be a dedicated advice. You know, you have the Magic Leap people working on stuff. You have Microsoft working on stuff. And I'm not saying those will necessarily work or won't work. But at some point, somebody will create a portable sexy wearable where you can have augmented reality hands-free just and, and you know and that's when I was you know gonna start jumping back in but I sort of feel like it's like alright I went in I took my shellack on both learning and being well, maybe too far ahead and I was sort of moving more into well I mean I was doing more just small creative stuff like like writing and stuff that takes no technology except for you know a writing program Um but I was also working in virtual reality. Um, you know, I, I have a, I have a project that's on, that got greenlit on Steam a while ago. Again, trying to talk to the audience more quickly than I, I normally do. Um, called The Last Taxi, where you're the last human taxi driver in the automated future and you gotta <laughs> work for tips to survive. Um, and, and, and what was really weird, what was really strange for me, it's not like, you know, it blew up on, went viral or anything, but, you know, the, the, the actual written responses and the backend data on the likes versus dislikes. I was like, I'm getting more people saying positive things about this concept that with pretty gritty graphics, you know, done yeah. super on the indie side of things. You know, I feel like there was more love for that that took us, you know, very little time to put together that, that demo put it up compared to the years of like pain on clandestine yeah and the love for it was immediately just clearly more obvious and you're like well see you dummy like you know uh you put it out there in some form but i mean with clandestine I always were too if you put it out too quick people would would snipe it and then we did put it on kickstarter and like it didn't it didn't work there and i you know tried to be like well what's wrong with the messaging but um but so there's that we're we're sort of wanting to turn that into a virtual reality game, is that uh, a and test it's yes,
0: game you're saying right, or yes, okay yes, yeah,
1: yeah. And um, maybe it's also think, the
0: theme that people can relate to that, especially with you know what's going on with with Uber and some of these other things.
1: Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the main enemies in the game, are like the enemy corporations, is called Fuber, which is like yeah. Fubar and Uber, and then Opsil Corp, <laughs> which is like an IBM, <laughs> Apple type thing. Uh and and there's like this family drama through it all. Like you get to the end of your shifts <laughs> and you text your wife and it's like they're converting our they're, they're converting our house into actually condos. So what are we going to do? Like we either got to make so you got to balance these like our daughter's going to college, you know, how do you do you tell her well, we're too poor or do you try to work harder or do you yeah. upgrade your vehicle? And, and and there's a lot of interesting stuff, but I think the the tactility of both being mostly in a cockpit, but also we really want to, uh, innovate where we want to do the very big innovation is like communicating with NPCs. Cause the problem with VR is, is like talking. If you have another character talk for you, then you yeah. feel like the, well, that's not me. And then, you know, if you just press a button and you don't hear anything, it's kind of weird. So it's kind of like we, we're trying to work on having it so that when you, you know, you, you simplify the answers, your responses down so that it is something you can detect but you actually speak the answers and then they respond and it feels a little bit more like a conversation. Um, And, but we'll see like, we're sort of, we, we made our attempt and we haven't yet got feedback on whether or not it's going to get funded. And just because it doesn't get the first time you would get the feedback and you evaluate whether it's worth continuing to pursue. Um, But certainly that one seems like one that people are just inherently more interested in. And I'm also working on, Cause I'm actually, like, I'm not actually a film guy. I'm, I, I like all mediums. You know, it's like, yeah. there's lots of crappy books and there's a lot of great books. There's a lot of crappy films and there's a lot of good films. It's sort of like, I want to like the good stuff in anything, you know, like not why, 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 why be focused on only one thing? But I do have an experience in filmmaking. That's my formal training. And I have an experience working on these like unwieldy new technologies. And so I'm wanting to, you know, work in, uh, virtual reality cinema as well, which is different than, Sort of, uh, 360 cinema. Like, I actually hate that people call 360 video VR cinema because I know where I think VR cinema is. And, and, and now I'm like, well, now I'm going to be in a problem with AR GPS game where the, the terms are all confusing because you already took VR cinema to mean this thing. So what I got to call it like super immersive VR cinema. Like, that's just, it's, it gets dirty again. But essentially, it's, it would be more like, I don't know if you, how familiar you are, but have you played like Henry? No, I haven't. Well, it's sort of, but it's like an immersive set, right? It's like a 3D environment that you sit inside. We want to do that, but with live action actors, basically. And that's, we're sort of developing some technology to to facilitate that, Um the, the, you know, so that you're in live action environments that were 3D captured. Uh, uh, and so you can bring in live performances. You know, that's one thing video games and VR and stuff has never really done, is like having an actor, a friggin' awesome best actor in the world, say, deliver you a performance is as immersive as, as, or sometimes more immersive than all these technical wizardry. But what if you can get them both? What if you yeah. can get like Daniel Day Lewis right in front of you, delivering an Oscar worthy performance, and it's in a photorealistic 3D environment? You know, and I, I know that that's, again, that sounds crazy. It's like, well, that's, we can't do that for a while. And I'm aware of that. Um, and I'm taking a different approach. I'm not trying to do clandestine, where it's like, well, I don't care. I'm going to do it. It's, it's like, no, let's piece out this problem and yeah. start building individual solutions on a smaller scale to build up to this. So there's that there's that uh that I'm working on. And then you know I'm doing just some fun stuff over the summer I think it's fun stuff. You know, I'm I'm doing a couple um like an Apera, you know, a Canadian film company that you know take some ideas from Clandestine that never got fully developed, like making it feel like you're actually like the phone is a phone and you you know and you text and stuff like that. That this is this is sort of Focus specifically on that concept, but making you feel like you're a friend of the characters in the film, that you're communicating directly with them, and that the plot moves in places that you, you contributed or feel like you contributed to. Um, and it's not nearly as, as sort of ambitious or audacious, but I think there's some interesting narrative challenges in trying to make the game feel authentic, feel real and build that emotional relationship to the to film. It's sort of like a transmedia, I guess, extension. Yeah. And then, you know, some other, other interesting stuff, like we're working with this film festival to create like an augmented reality, scavenger hunt and stuff like that. But I sort of see those as the big things. But then with Pokemon Go, you know, I'm sort of like, well, those things I couldn't get money for before, Um you know, or like the problems where it's like, well, Mateo's gone and we had this big IP that people would probably try because it's a bigger IP well, can we now get the money to do the IP and fix the technical solutions of having to rebuild a bunch of stuff? You know, I'm not sure. And, and, and I'm not a super, as much as I talk about, like I look at market research and stuff like that, I'm ultimately don't make these decisions based off any kind of like data. I sort of go like, where's your heart rate now, you know? And do you want to, I, I have mixed feelings with it. Cause it's sort of like, I was in this space before it was popular and I don't want to be swept aside in history. I want to be part of the conversation about the future of augmented reality, and you do that by producing more stuff. But I'm also like, but I took my Lickens, and I've sort of started to drift someplace else. You know, and if Pokemon Go ends up being a fad, you could just end up chasing your tail again, trying to catch the lightning that might not, it might not become this long-term thing. And then so you just get, you sort of nailed twice. You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, you don't want to take two shellackings and so so the most recent
0: games like the Taxi game um, and some of these other games they're they're mainly for VR then or are you
1: still focused on, on the phone or, or uh, so the yeah, Last Taxi is VR the cinema stuff is VR but sort of more wide ranging in terms of like low end mobile up to high end the one I'm doing as a film connection and the uh, scavenger hunt AR scavenger hunt are our mobile games and, and uh, I, think,
0: I think it brings up another interesting thing which is that you were doing AR and then you jumped onto and then you moved on to or jumped onto VR and you know that's where you hear a lot of developers talking about okay VR is the next thing and and I hear all this hype from all these game developers like that's the next platform right and then we see what happens with Pokemon where it kind of <laughs> like it was really AR and and I feel like yeah. I don't know if it's just game developers in general always get it wrong like they always miss the the next platform. Like not always, but what I see is like the mainstream. It's like okay, they they didn't get mobile until it was like until some indie developers got it right, and then they're like, oh well, now it's mobile. But they didn't get social net. They didn't get the social networking games until you know it was too late, and then they didn't get mobile until later. And then then it's like they're focused on VR. They're obsessed over VR, and then this AR thing comes out of you
1: know and 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 really. Takes yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you think that VR but, is... But I mean, they're is, different. I think they're different markets. So I mean, I don't think the people who are buying yeah. a Vive are suddenly like, you know what? What a piece of garbage. Pokemon Go fulfills the same thing as <laughs> VR. They're, they're, they're not the same. Well, you I know. mean, uh, the, the VR is not ready for mass market. And if you're yeah. planning for it to be mass market, you shouldn't. And I do come against a lot of very... I mean, partly because I learned like things don't play out like you, you always dream. But, uh, you know, I've talked to, you know, fairly successful the VR developers, people who are fairly revered in the industry, being like, "Aren't you worried about the fragmentation?" You know, like, yeah. like this one requires motion controls. These other two, the motion controls are an upgrade. And then the PlayStation has a whole different, like, you know, yeah. uh, specs. Like it's it's sort of lower spec. And then the low end of the market, mo Like I do think long term, it's going to be mobile VR. Yeah,
0: you know, that's what I was definitely. Guessing.
1: But yeah. it, you know, where are you supposed to focus now? Because it is fragmented. There isn't a big enough market really to make a ton of money. So do you keep the experiences yeah. small and have people continue to complain like that this is a trivial experience? <laughs> and you're like, well, it's a trivial experience because you won't pay sixty bucks for nothing. And there's not very many of you. So how do you how do yeah. you get, how do you balance it? And it's been interesting to watch, but I mean, I didn't jump into VR necessarily because it was like a me too thing. I mean, there was that whole like I don't necessarily want to be like right out on the edge again. You know, I'd like yeah. to at least be within a group of guys and still pushing it forward, but not you know, because you like people got way more funding to do their VR thing. Um, it's almost like there's this mentality that, that, you know, if enough people think it's going to work, yeah. suddenly there's money to try to make then, it work. Then and if you're the only guy who thinks it's going to work, there's less money. And so it's less likely to work because it's then, just you, you know, with less money.
0: There's less money, but there's, it seems to have been that there was way more opportunity. So that means like if you would have pulled off something
1: like Pokemon Go, that's billions of dollars. Versus, oh, I would have been like whatever. They would, you know, they would, I, they, yeah. It would know, have been definitely versus, different. And so,
0: and so I think, like, for, for the listeners out there who are like, you know, I've got, I want to take a completely different path, I think one of the things is you can take that creative risk, but you better be the best of the best. And I think that's where, instead of like kind of using your film perspective, which was definitely one of the valid perspectives to approach AR. You needed to potentially also have developed the engineering perspective, the game design perspective, mm-hmm. some of these other disciplines that you weren't necessarily trained in. But to become best of the best, to even have a chance to get to that, whatever the, and you know, Pokemon may just be a stepping stone to what is that ultimate AR game that really becomes huge. You have to be the master of all of these things. And like you said, since since it's really unproven and no one. <laughs> No, you can't even talk to anyone about it. You have to learn these skills, or find, you know, obviously, hopefully, a partner where you can both learn together.
1: Yeah, and, I and mean, you, you could,
0: and you have to yeah. know all of them at the best of the best level, because if you don't, then even Ingress, Ingress was, you know, it was it was the same company made Pokemon Go, but Ingress was definitely not as huge, and it's because they were also missing certain dimensions of skill sets that were critical obviously to to make something like pokemon go and by partnering yeah. with you know nintendo or whatever they kind of got some of those skill sets whether it's the casual theme or whatever maybe the marketing i don't know what
1: but well here here's here's the thing about that in terms of my my trajectory anyway is like like i knew that well for one i think i'm more there now than i was cuz i learned it the hard way through it yeah. um there is also that whole like developer community right like when yeah. we had problems like our GPS and our map services are falling apart and we don't know how to fix this damn problem. The only other people doing it are Google and what, like they're going to tell, like they're not going to help. They're not there to, they're not part of this community yeah. to like make this genre work and, and things that have become like rules in VR that developers learn because there's hundreds of them doing it and somebody already screwed it up. And so you learn, we didn't have any of that. Right. So yeah. in, in some ways it's like when you're small and you're trying to do it alone, it's very hard. But the, the other part is I, I had the game idea for clandestine first but I you know everyone told me and I try to listen to people's advice don't go do the big thing first and, and but the thing yeah. is like I was a film guy and, and like nobody would do the smaller things and I couldn't get funding to do the smaller things so at some you know I tried for about a year to do yeah. you know the smaller simpler game which I guess looking back was still probably too it was still probably too big but even still like now no one was interested yeah, in taking a risk. And so you had to go with this like crazy like you know, go for the big idea in order to inspire people to yeah. say, you know, I'm gonna take the risk on this guy. So I mean like I've you know I, I've, I mean, be, I've if, experienced yeah. that and it's okay, well well finish what you're gonna say and then I, I have something to say. Well Well, yeah, it's just sort of like you sort of like, yeah, you should have done it this way and it's like no, well no, I understand I perhaps because... put I could have put more effort into doing it that way. That you know there's always other paths, other routes, but you know, you sort of, the, you know, the whole community in my city didn't really, I mean, even, especially when I got funding for the game, you know, some people started taking you seriously, but more, more, more often than not, a lot of the other developers just resented you because you, you sort of weren't a part of the community. They rejected the ability to help you on a small thing. And then you get the, a, a bit of, like, more funding than most of them have gotten. And then, the, then it switches to being resentment, right? Like, why would they give this guy, <laughs> this guy who doesn't know what he's doing? Right? Um, and it, but it was really, like, fueled off the idea. And if the idea wasn't, like, you know, it's not like nobody liked the idea. There's obviously yeah. enough. I could make the game. I could attract the talent. I could get some of the funding. So there was enough belief in it, but you certainly did feel, um, Mostly isolated, and even amid, amid your own team, people who believe in enough to work with you, there is a lot of like, players are never going to do that, and 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 yeah. and and what you with your without your experience just con- will just say no. I know that they will, you know, and yeah. you know, who knows. And I feel
0: like you brought up a couple of really good points, which is that you know if you if you pitch a reasonable idea to people. It's just not inspiring enough where they want to help you, at least, <laughs> at least the good people. And yet at the same time, if you do a crazy idea, there's so much risk that, and, and I think, I think the balance is, is that you, you pitch the crazy idea and you say, you know what? Here's the path to get there. And that yeah. path involves these really small projects as we learn, as we develop, as we get all these other systems mastered to get to the that right. project. And then obviously you also communicate that because as you learn, you're some things are going to change about the big project. So your ambition's still there. It's just going to be expressed over time, you know, expressed in these smaller projects that help you develop what, how
1: you can actually ambitiously, successfully execute on that large project. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's sort yeah. of more the approach I plan to take and, with the VR cinema. Like, I, I yeah. want to build the, I want to build a platform and then build out the platform. And I feel like if I maybe built an yeah. AR platform and not a game, yeah. and built little games off of it. You know, it might have been different too, but then and then
0: the second thing was the resentment part, which is you're right, there are gonna be game developers who and just people in general who just don't like the fact that you seem luckier than them initially and they may even try to snowball it. And that's where you being the best or at least mastering all of the different domains that you need to know, at least with another learning partner, because it's really difficult to do it alone hopefully with another mm-hmm. learning partner or with a community. If you were releasing stuff to the community, like to, to someone on these mobile phone markets and they really love your product, they will literally become your best kind of pseudo-developer helpers because yeah. they're part of the community and they don't have that resentment. They're just happy you're giving them a new experience that they obviously find entertaining enough that they're going to help you. So you were kind of in a sense in that no man's land where – you didn't have the community yet, and at the same time, the other people that were around you didn't want to even see you succeed potentially.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, over time, they eventually once once I think once I had sufficient amount of setbacks, and went yeah. through a sufficient crucible of like hard learning. Yeah, then, dude, a, then more of that. them were kind of like, okay, good, you actually had to you know have some difficulty when in reality, in reality, <clears throat> you know, you were actually struggling you know, below poverty line the whole time before you got that one lucky yeah. break. And that one lucky break actually was like two years of busting your butt, but nobody knew who you were or, or like, cause no one talked to you cause you didn't have any, any credibility. And then once you have money, for some reason, people think that that's like some people at least will think you're credible at that point. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it it's interesting. And, 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 you know, I'm glad I sort of am where I am. Like I sort of can't look back if you compare like, where I was to where I am now, like I didn't blow up like Pokemon Go, but my life is in a lot better shape. For yeah, sure. No,
0: I'm, look, I just, you t- look, I have a complete respect and admiration and I'm just trying to understand because look, you took a huge risk and you know, Pokemon Go isn't, isn't probably going to be the last AR game. Okay. No. And, and, and that brings up, and, and I know you, and thanks first of all for, for committing to an hour. And I know we're almost, we're already at the hour mark. So we're just going to kind of, I'm happy to talk about it. It's okay. Um,
1: I think we've been over on every single show. On <laughs> yeah. that I've been on.
0: Hey, I love, I love the, the interviews. Um, you know, but, but I guess, what are you going to do next now? Now you were talking about VR and yeah, there's community around VR, but do you think that that community was wrong? like they're just they're approaching it the the wrong way because first of all like you said you think about it the thing about AR now is that because it's on the phone that's something that everyone has you even look at VR you look at HTC Vive you have to buy like a $1,500 computer on top hmm. of the HTC Vive to even have a chance to play it and that's crazy like that I mean then that is the hardcore gamer right now the PS PS4
1: might be a different story and, and it's a lot cheaper, but I, I still, I still think it's gonna be tough. Like, you yeah, know, like the, like it's like it's a peripheral on top of a system. And now they're gonna be releasing like a new version of the system. And then like there still is that like motion control element. So like the best VR experiences are honestly the ones with the motion controls, yeah. in my, yeah. my opinion. But it's like to target that it's... is like extra difficult because you're you're <laughs> dealing with a sub fragment of a sub fragment. You take the whole PS4 player base. And then you gotta diminish it for the people who have the, the headset. And then you gotta diminish it again to have the, the motion controls. And then, you know, if you want that to hit multiple platforms, the specifications on the PlayStation 4 versus the Vive are so different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that they're like, you know, I, I don't know that they're wrong. And I don't know that I should like, in hindsight, be like, Geez, I was, I was right. I mean, my projections that were off a year ago now seem conservative for the potential market for that type of game. Yeah. Um, which is funny. Um, but, um, but I, I think VR is going to make it to, I think that these are compendium, like, complementary. Like, like VR is about complete but, escapism into a digital world and AIR is about modifying the world. But, you know, it, that's where I'm going to be at now. Now that I, now that Pokemon Go has come, it's, it's do I, do I pivot back, try to capitalize? I mean, I pivoted back on the marketing. I was, I was already improving the marketing numbers when I took it in. I, I sort of had a bad string of, of like trying to get experts and it didn't work. Uh, maybe I didn't have enough money for them, but I, I brought it more into my own hands over the last six months once I recouped from the entire fatigue of making it and been improving the numbers. And now Pokemon goes out and I hope to try to leverage that to improve numbers because before you're out there, saying we have a location based augmented reality game and and then it's hard to even get past that because nobody's yeah. searching for that and nobody's google people don't even know what the hell you're talking about and then and then to say how does your game differentiate or what are the actual features or the unique parts within that genre you're just it's it's very hard we never nailed the communication on that and we knew we never nailed it uh, and cuz it's tough but now you know potentially yeah. you could say it's you know it's a similar genre as pokemon go but and then yeah. you can get to the things that are actually special about the game um and it may or may not work i mean it's been this last couple weeks like you know <laughs> i had a shit i had a delivery on a development yesterday so overlapping directly with like pokemon go exploding so that was kind of tough to to manage um but um but you you have this like you're you're tweeting into a hurricane is how i like to say like it's so successful that like it, it's hard. It, you're but I have seen some traction, and there's going to be a, a fall off point where there still be a huge player base, but moms and dads are not going to keep playing this game with their kids yeah. forever. There'll be a fall off point, and you need to try to hit. And I don't know if I'm capable financially, or if I'm <laughs> smart enough to hit, or if I'm the right game because people still might. It just might not be whatever. Um, but there's some point where people will interest in the genre has increased. Yeah. obviously, there'll be a diminishment of Pokemon Go and you want to hit it while they're diminishing but still searching out similar things because once it diminishes and it becomes that whole, like, that was the fad from 2016 yeah, and nobody's searching or talking about Pokemon Go. You can no longer leverage Pokemon Go. Yeah. So, so I want to try to hit that and the only way I know how to do that is to just, like, you know, take the n- next half of this month and and, like, put everything else aside now that I've sort of delivered one of my development projects and just kick the try to kick the crap out of as hard as you can and you might fail or you might succeed but um you know
0: and you know and and I think also going going to VR and AR do you feel that it's just all going to come through the phone now because that's really the computing device that people they're naturally upgrading every 2 years right they don't have to go out of their way to buy and and now I've seen I don't know if you've heard of Samsung Gear I think it's like Gear VR Yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah, and and they've supposedly Google's creating one too. Yeah, and and they're going to have motion controllers hooked up to the phone.
1: Yep. So 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 I think I think and this is what I always warned the people who are only targeting the high end devices. But I mean, at that point, you know, when when we are starting to take off there was the attitude of like why listen to this guy he did the ar thing that was clearly stupid to begin with um you know uh like that's the vibe no one said that to your face obviously but you kind of get that like smugness out of some of these developers like like for one you only made one game so whatever and it it was a genre that all of us clearly know is dumb right that's why we didn't do it and that's why you were alone because that's why you have to just avoid those people Right, because well, I mean, I can, there's still you can, look, you follow can still get good conversations out of them. But the the thing is, I tell them the high end is not going to be the one that makes a ton of money because yeah. mobile is developing so quickly that I mean, now you should target the high end somewhat. But I mean, in, in a couple of years, the, the mass market is going to be through mobile, and, and eventually, yeah. I think mobile will disappear to like more sophisticated like wearables and things like that. Yeah. But you
0: yeah, know, I, just, I, I do think it's going to all
1: be mobile. I
0: was just thinking about to th- about that today where they're like, oh, the smartwatch, right, that you would attach to your mobile phone. But then I was like, really, what's going to happen? The real – and then that hasn't really taken off, right? But I think the real wearables that will take off are these kind of augmented reality or virtual reality enhancers.
1: More where, sophisticated where the, versions of Google Glass. Yeah. yeah,
0: right? That where the activities were not – like no one cares about wearing a, necessarily a smartwatch. Yeah, there's some health benefits and whatever, but – but these other things, the VR and AR that are connected then to the computing, you know, which is which is your phone, which is now literally like your computer as a service because every two years, they get a new plan and they can upgrade it. And like you said, the compute, you know, it's it's catching up big time. Like in, in terms of computing too, and just the quality and all this other stuff. You, if you can run that VR experience on your phone and it's and you have the motion controllers and it's just as good, there's no way you're gonna mm-hmm. because dude, to, to to buy a PC. And then you need to – and then the thing about the PC and an HTC the Vive is that you have to – it's, in it's one still place. a complicated setup. Yeah, dude. It's one, well, yeah, but you know, that too. But you know the one thing that someone brought up that I thought was really interesting is the concept of um, – that instead of your TV room now in your home, it will be your VR room.
1: And and I can see just, that. It like just has to be more collaborative though. I mean I yeah. can't – I, I like that's the one thing it's sort of like I almost see like I, I've oh, always yeah. sort of said that like film which I'm trained in like there's guys who are starting to move ahead in the medium but it's like but the mediums like heyday is waning there's just like yeah. there's, as more mediums come it'll eventually but I don't think it'll necessarily go away because look like I can't cuddle with my wife yeah. and play VR at the same time unless you, know, you both can't... are using your phones and, and they're attached, you know. And, and true. And then yeah. we knock our heads when we try to <laughs> peck each other on the cheek with the, you know. I, I think I think the importance of the TV will be diminished, but we also have screens yeah. everywhere. Maybe it's just like the iPad. You cut up on the couch with an iPad yeah. or something. But yeah. I mean, there's there's certain types of content that like, is it really worth like? Maybe at some point once it's so prolific, but is there really a point in watching the news in VR? Like, like yeah, is, no, I don't. Or yeah. is it better to be like surfing the net and have a video playing? Like, you know, because yeah. you can still be way more productive not in VR. You know? Yeah,
0: and, and I, feel I think like it's just fragmentation. What's what's going to happen in these next three to five years is just like you know, social was huge for the last you know long time, and in mobile, there's going to be these game layers where people are just going to be focused on activities now, whether those activities are on VR. Or whether then they're in AR, I don't know, but it, it it is an exciting time for the innovative game developers who can who can make it happen. And I
1: well, think, I think if I was to target AR now from scratch, I would probably target the family like living room backyard AR okay, yeah, potentially with multiple phones, but- right?
0: Yeah, you know what? Once again, I think it just has to be multiplayer. It can't be around the family because once again, you're betting that the parents will even have time to interact with this. And really the only way that I see them interacting with some of these AR experiences is if they hear about it or it becomes a phenomenon as you were kind of referring to before. I think once again, it has to be a casual AR game where like like it has those variants. So you can kind of piggyback off Pokemon Go's, you know, awareness but it, there have to be some differences that are interesting and not not repulsive to the mainstream like it can't be such a hardcore mechanic
1: where people can't pick it up easily um i'm uh, i'm certainly never going to copy anything like like i i mean i already hated that people said like <laughs> your game is just like ingress and i'm like well i, I, no, yeah, no, I but, know but and again you're like but i i was actually on this before ingress was on I that know. Uh, whatever and, and no one cares
0: and that's why that's why i try to mention like cuz i feel like like Part of your experience is so fundamental to a lot of indie developers who want to take the huge risk that you took, which was, which is amazing. Like, I totally remember you were one of those standout developers who, like, you know, were taking a huge risk. And, and I think part of it is that you have to blend that artistic vision with technical and, and just crafts, craftsmanship of whatever, yeah. whatever the skill set is needed. And it wasn't completely film. And obviously, it wasn't completely just development. Otherwise, those other developers who were doing VR would have done it too. So there, there's just all these different dimensions that you have to master. And it's it's good to just see what you could have done potentially differently um, to have accelerated that. And and the one benefit is that now you have in inside you that vision of what could potentially happen in the future because you kind of see it. You know, you took that risk. Yeah, and it's yeah. part of you now.
1: Well. And, even if you never capitalize on the on the finances enough to really like totally, like my life has been totally changed, but in in a way that still like puts me where like like I would have been had I actually worked a normal job, probably. Yeah, um, but, but you yeah, have you but know, you but, have the
0: knowledge of a domain that's worth that could could have a huge impact. It's not like you have you're onto a medium and and even potentially genres where you could service millions or ten or hundreds of millions of people. You know, you don't necessarily have the right complete right formula, but you have nope. some of it. And 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 you have the wisdom potentially to now figure out if you want to, figure out the other aspects that can yeah. make it happen. This is the end of part one of the interview. Stay tuned next week for part two.